My name is Jose Vargas, and I am on a mission to help you create breakthroughs in your personal and professional life so that you can grow and lead your life with excellence. All right, Dr. John Deloney, welcome. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, with us today and get an opportunity to help us get our life back, right? By, right, by redefining what anxiety is and what it is not. Um, John, Thank you, you so are- Thank you so much, Brother Vargas. I appreciate you. Man, you're one of my favorite people. I appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you spending man. time with me, man. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Listen, John, you are the, just for the list for the listener out there. Um, you are the leading voice on relationships and mental health. You have a show on the Ramsey Solutions Network called the Dr. John Deloney Show, a show that I watch um, where you guide callers through real life relationships and mental health challenges. Um, but prior to that, you were a crisis, you, you know, you were on a crisis response and a senior leader at multiple universities. I met you back in November of 2020. And like I told my wife and I just told you, you are the real deal, John. So thank you for being on the show. Man, I'm going uh, to cut and edit that piece and give that to my <laughs> wife, man. <laughs> Let her know like, hey, Jose likes me. See, I told you. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. So let's get right to it. You know, there's so many people right now, uh, men and women, leaders who are going through massive challenges, yeah. right? They're tired. They're frustrated. And all because of how their life or their organizations are having to continue to shift because of all the uncertainty in our world. And, and so much of the world is experiencing what we call anxiety, right? So can you define for our listeners, can you define what anxiety is and what it is not? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, yeah. If you just, any headline, any, any Google search, any, anything is just anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. We've just become obsessed with that word. And in fact, We've just moved any sort of um, stress, any sort of anxiousness, any sort of uncertainty, and we just dumped it into this one clinical diagnosis, right? All anxiety is, brother, is a, it's an alarm. That's it. It's just your body letting you know, hey, you're all alone, right? 10,000 years ago, we woke up on a savanna and we were all by ourselves. Our tribe had left us. That meant one thing. We were going to die, right? And so our brains got some really acute signals out in the universe to make sure we are connected with other people or that alarm goes off when we are out of control, right? We're in a situation we can't control. We just talked about you're in DC, like, yeah. man, I can't even imagine being there the last few months, right? <laughs> um, you, you got no control of that situation, right? Um, right? Absolutely. And it goes off when we're not safe, when we feel not safe. And now we live in this ecosystem, like, you know, like the media, our friends, our family, man, our churches have gotten in on this where, what sells is fear. What sells is you're not okay unless you buy my thing, unless you subscribe my thing, unless you like, like follow everything that I believe in. And so, man, all of us collectively, our alarms are bananas. Mm. And then you get a group of kids out on the Reddits that, you know, take down Wall Street for a day. All these <laughs> things that we hold up so strong and so dear and they're never going to have a crack in them. Man, we're seeing there, they've all got cracks in them. And so, man, our alarms are going off. Mm. Anxiety is not a brain disorder, man. It is not a, a something that is you're just destined to that you can only fix with more pills and more pills and more pills, right? right. Um, it's an alarm system that just lets you know you're not okay. Mm. That's awesome. Wow. You know, John, in your book, Redefining Anxiety, Man, um, look at that pitch, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> man. Which I highly recommend everybody get. 
Um, you know, so, and I'm sure you're probably working on a, on a, on a bigger one. We got a big one one. coming. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So you share how you experience anxiety and I really appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability and transparency as a leader. And, and you said in your book, you, you said I was living the dream, you know, but I couldn't shake this feeling that I was malfunctioning, Mm -hmm. that I was breaking apart in my own skin. I'm losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I need help. You know, can you share with the leaders listening right now who may feel like they too are living their dream, but feel overwhelmed with anxiety and what your journey was to begin to overcome that challenge? Yeah, man. So um, thank you for the nice words about that little bitty book there. Um, So here's here's how I define dream. Mm -hmm. It was I've got to make this much money by this age. I've got to finish up grad school. Right. I got to get that Ph.D. so people will think I'm smart. I've got, my marriage has to look like this. My, I, you know, we went through um, several years of infertility. So I've got to get, you know, we've got to make sure that we can have kids. I had these dreams. All these dreams were external. I've got to get on this thing. I got to get this promotion. I got to get moved up to this place. And so as I tick these things off, graduated the PhD, woke up the next day, man, I still had to look at the same dude in the mirror. Right. Hmm. I, you know, we finally found out we're having a kid. Uh, suddenly that, that made it worse, right? I, my alarms went off louder. Like you better figure some stuff out, man. You're about to have somebody watching you all the time. So all these external metrics, all these external things that I'd set up as when I get there, I'm going to be okay. When I get there is when I can really like settle down and start working on my marriage. Once I make this much money, once I have this amount of um, debt, my student loans are finally paid off, whatever thing I put out there, yeah. things are going to be okay. And man, the more I chased and the more I ran, the louder those alarms. So just trying to get your, your brain is just trying to get your attention saying, man, you're not okay, dude. And I can run and run and run. I can numb it. I can numb it through work, through another girlfriend, through another wife, through pornography, through making more money. I can numb it in any number of ways. It's all the same thing, man. It's just Mm -hmm. a way of me trying to duct tape a pillow around that alarm that's ringing off um, Mm -hmm. above my head. Right. And so Man, finally, it just all came crashing down. And I just remember, I, by this time, I was working at a university. I was over so much stuff. I had so many people working for me that I could have not gone to work for a week or two, and no one would even ask where I was. Like The machine was running, right? Wow. And I remember I was walking to work, and I just turned around, and I, <laughs> I just walked back. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my bosses. I got in my car, and I drove to another city. And this is when a great privileges and blessings of my life. But I had a buddy who was a medical doctor and I drove all the way, uh, several hours away to his office. I didn't make an appointment. I just walked straight into his office and said, man, I'm not, I'm not well. And, um, I hadn't slept in years. I hadn't, you know, I was just coming apart at the seams. And so that was the day that I had to finally admit I'm not okay. And luckily I had a friend that was there to, to walk alongside me until I got my head back on. Wow. So I'm glad that uh, you had that friend. So now I have one in Nashville. So if, if I ever... If Holler I ever... back at me, dude. I got you, man. <laughs> you know, John, something that you said, um, and, 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 and it just, you know, I remember when you shared back in November, you shared this powerful talk for the listener uh, listening. And the, the, to- the title of that talk was Winning Won't Make You Well. Yeah. You know, that is so powerful because uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, small business owners, you know, they have a tendency, we have a tendency to believe that, hey, when I check off the boxes like like you did, right, you check off all the boxes, you think you're going to somehow get to a place of um, where you feel, I don't know, where you feel whole or, or you feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
can you just just briefly share a little bit about that like how how winning you know checking off the boxes and accomplishing mm-hmm. the external things accomplishing the goals won't won't fully satisfy won't mm-hmm. fully make you well um until you really you know it's that internal thing right so yeah. can you just elaborate a little bit on that for, for sure man so i think the best picture we just got it the other night was tom brady won what like seventh whatever it was uh super bowl again fifth sixth seventh whatever it was some crazy number right double the amount of anybody who's ever won and as he sat at the press conference he held that trophy and he said we'll be back next year mm. the moment you win when you are chasing <laughs> wins the bar moves again right the bar moves again the bar moves again and there's always somebody breathing on your neck to come catch you right mm. he's in a he's in a world where multi-billionaires are spending billions to try to make sure he's a loser, right? And he wins. And then the next day, they're like, all right, we're going after Tom again next year. And he's like, all right, the bar moved again. He is the best that has ever been times two, right? Or if you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. What's what's number five? And he's like, all right, we got five. Let's get six. It never ends. And you scale that all the way back down. It's easy to see Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. You scale that all the way back down. And I'm making 35,000 bucks a year. And I think, man, if I could just get to 45 and become assistant director, I'm finally gonna, I'll be able to tell my old man that I finally got it. Like, I'll be able to feel like I'm moving somewhere, like I'm going someplace. That's how we always phrase it, right? I'm right. going places, man, I'm moving. Dude, you're not going nowhere. You're just running on a treadmill. They just keep pushing that arrow button up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And so what getting whole for me meant was stopping and asking myself this ugly, ugly, scary question in the mirror, like, brother, what do you want? Like, what are you doing? Who are you connected to? Who is going to go on this adventure with you, right? How's your marriage, man? You got a kid now. How, what kind of dad are you? And he let those relationships, where's your spiritual life, man? Where are you connected? You got a PhD. Congratulations, man. You're no better than anybody else sweeping the floor. In fact, you want to know who's more important at a college campus? Have me not be there for a week. You know what stops? Nothing. Have the dudes that clean the bathroom, have them not show up for a week and that place stops working. Who's more important, right? And so it's this, this hum- humbling moment of, dude, what am I doing, right? And so healing became being still, being quiet, showing up after hours and there's no lights on, man. There's nobody famous. It's sitting with people who are hurting, it is getting rechecked in with my spiritual life, getting recommitted to being a husband and being a dad, learning what that means like. And then the irony is when you're tethered into a rock that firm, man, you can swing off that rock and do anything, man. It makes you a hundred times better in your professional life. It makes you way better at whatever you want to do uh, because you're actually anchored in, man. It's, it changes everything. There yeah. is no external plug to an internal hole, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So one one of your steps that you share in, uh, you know, to heal basically from anxiety from the Mm -hmm. inside out is to examine the ecosystems. And I like that the ecosystems in your life, which includes your physical uh, health, Mm -hmm. your your spiritual uh, well-being, your mental health, your relationships, your financial security, um, your living situation, etc. So how can a leader once he examines his or her ecosystems and realize that one aspect is missing or depleted in his life. Mm. How can they begin to rebuild or repair this area? For example, like they move to a new city and they have no support system or no yeah. friends. I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here, 
the research is clear. I've lived this out. So it's not just theories. These are, and um, I think I talked to you guys in November, my research is the mental health of those who quote unquote have made it doctors, lawyers, senior pastors, uh, ministers, college presidents. Those are the folks that I've been working with for the last decade behind closed doors and my community members. Right. And so I've seen the whole spectrum of folks. This isn't a negotiation. This isn't like, Oh, it's a good recommendation. I'm telling you, Jose, I'm telling your, your listeners, this is the truth. There is no way around this. The only cure for anxiety, the only way to shut the alarms off is to be connected to other people. That's mm. it. We are tribal animals, man. And so if you find yourself in a new place, if you find yourself, you've moved up the ladder and you're isolated, if you find yourself sprinting to try to make your way through whatever system that you're working in or living in, the first thing you got to do is find other people. So when I moved from Texas to Nashville, I lived in Texas my entire life, every minute of my life. And then when I moved to Nashville, dude, it, I mean, my wife too, we were on an island and we met some wow. people. We knew some folks for, uh, you know, peripherally from Texas and dude, we invited them to our house. I knew the science and I knew my tendency to withdraw when I get uncomfortable. I just, I can disappear in a, in a, in a crowded room. Right. Yeah. Dude, I invited him over. It was a couple, my wife and me, these folks is a couple sitting at our table. And I said these crazy words, Hey, uh, we'd like to, this is going to be weird guys, but we'd like to invite you to be our friends. And here's what that means. That means we're going to show up in the middle of the night. If you call, that means I want to know how your kids are doing. That means I'm going to tell you how my kids are doing. And I said, wow. I know it's so super weird. Will you be our friends? And one couple was like, bro, this is super awkward for everybody. You made this weird man. <laughs> and we laughed. It was funny. I'll never forget the other guy, PhD, military veteran, like somebody that I hold dear, got like tears came down his face. And he said something that was, I think, indicative of our culture. He said, nobody has ever asked me that question. Mm. Hey, will you just be my friend? We just assume these things are going to happen. And we all just assume our way into utter, utter loneliness, right? Wow. So you got to have other people. You mentioned it. You've got to sleep. You've got to turn Netflix off, brother. And you got to get seven to nine hours. No, I only need five hours. The science calls you a liar, dude. You got to get seven to nine hours of sleep. You got to take care of your body, man. We spend so much energy on stewardship of the environment, of our spiritual life, of our finances. And we just sit there and poison our bodies. We poison the bodies of our families, man. I was laughing the other day. I pulled into a gas station and I was like, I'm going to treat my truck. I'm going to put the good, the good gas in my truck for no reason. I don't know why I did that. And then I started to go inside and get a big 78 <laughs> bathtub, you know, of a Diet Coke. And I was thinking, I'm treating my truck better than my one body that I got. You know what That's I'm saying? That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's just stupid, man. Who, yeah. What are we doing? And so yeah. you got to take care of your body. And then back on the debt thing, I think most of us underestimate the psychological toll of being enslaved to a, a, a system. And so when I owe a Sally Mae money, when I owe a credit card money, I can't make good decisions. You know, what was super fun is being debt-free and negotiating with Dave Ramsey about my salary when I joined his team. Cause here's the thing. I didn't need it. You know what I mean? I had another right. job. I didn't owe anybody anything. And then right. Dave's like, here's the salary. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? It felt so good. I, Cause I, I'm untethered. You right. lose your job. It's annoying. I got to get a new roof. It's a pain in the butt. It's not a, everything's coming down. You know what I'm saying? And right. so it just, you become free. So man, if you get connected with friends, you sleep, you honor your body with exercise and what you put in it, and then you take care of your money. I'm telling you, man, you, the alarms quit ringing because you're connected. You, 
it doesn't matter what's coming your way. You're covered. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not shackled to anybody. You're just free. And most of us don't even know what that feels like anymore, man. We just don't know what peace feels like anymore. That's awesome. Wow. That's so true. So true, John. So John, what would you say then are maybe, and I know you gave us some, but what would you say for the person listening who may find themselves stuck in, in this area, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're leading well, but yet secretly they're, they're stuck on anxiety or the, or yeah. emotion or they need some emotional wholeness. Right. Yeah. Um, what our, and, and I, you, you talked a little bit about it in the book where you said, um, you know, our culture says we're broken. Yeah. Right. Um, so what would you give maybe one or two practical things that that person, that leader can do uh, or can practice immediately in their lives so that they can begin to get unstuck in that area? I love it, man. Uh, I'm so grateful for your, that question and for your heart, man. So the first thing is you got to know that when you feel anxious, you're not broken. You just got to stop for a second and say, what's my body trying to tell me right now? Is it trying to tell me that my wife just asked me to do something and I'm on, like, I'm annoyed with her, which means I got to fix my relationship there. Does that mean I'm just flat exhausted, man? I had way too much coffee today. I've had 18 cups and my body's just like, uh, do I owe too much money, right? Have I not hung out with another person in seven months, which I'm hearing all over the country, right? right. Um, have I not, uh, me and my wife, are we being intimate like once every two months now? Are we roommates instead of being together? And so there's, there's so many things. Just stop and, and ask yourself. Don't try to run from it. Don't numb it. What's these alarms trying to tell me? Then the second thing goes back to the ecosystem thing. Stop focusing on shutting the alarm off, man. You can climb up. If your house is on fire, you can climb up and take the batteries out of the fire detector. Your house is going to burn down around you. It's going to kill you, but, but you shut the alarm off, right? Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on the alarm. Look around and see what are the things that I can lean into and, and change in my life, whether it's short-term, whether it's long-term. And here's the, the, for, especially for men, and I don't mean to gender this, but this is just the data is telling me this and my, my personal experience is we have to be honest that we did not get the skills. Our dads, some of them sucked and didn't show up. Some of them loved us the best they could. They just didn't have this tool in their toolbox. Whatever the thing is all good. We're here now. We don't have tools in our toolkit on how to have deep relationships. We don't know how to be with people without achieving and performing and trying to flex all the time. And so we've got to be humble the same way as if our Mac laptop breaks at our house and we don't know how to fix it. We just got to suck it up and Google it and figure it out. You got to go talk to a counselor, two, three sessions and just say, I need some skills on how to not just throw advice at my wife when she just wants to be near to me. When she says I got a challenge to not try to solve it for her, but to be with her, right? We have to learn new relationship skills. And last night, I do this for a living. I got two PhDs now. I've been giving this talks for years. Last night, I had a conversation with my wife where I learned something new. I learned something new about me. I learned something new about her. And so this journey never ends that used to freak me out and that used to challenge my, I solved this problem, bro. I'm achieving this. Now I love it, man. Cause we're just on a, we're on a walk together, right? She's not a problem to solve. We're on a walk together. That's going to, I'm going to be on for the rest of my life. And the, my whole perspective has shifted, but I had to go see a professional to learn those new skills. Right. And um, it's been a gift, man. So it's, it's, you got to humble yourself and say, I don't know what I don't know. I know this isn't working. I'm gonna go get some real skills. Mm. And one last question, John, why do you think that some leaders hesitate to go ask for help or hesitate, you know, to, I know for me, I would probably hesitate to go ask yeah. the person, Hey, um, 
would you be my friend? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we long for it. Right. Like you said, we, we, we crave it, we desire it and we need it. Yeah. So why, what do you think is the barrier there? I think at the end of the day, every single person on planet earth, every man, woman, and child has two needs to be fully 100% known and to be loved. And we don't think for a thousand reasons, because social media tells me us we're dumb, we're ugly because we don't fully know anything, we're scared, whatever reason. We don't think that if we were fully known that we'll be loved. So we create alter egos, we curate our lives, and then we go in and try to be and try to achieve love. And the problem with that is, man, is that when someone's coming at you and they're not being fully authentic, you feel it. And so you hedge back and you just get this weird dance, man. And you, so people are never truly connected. Husband and wives married two decades don't truly know. Hey, what's the awesomest thing about our sex life? What do you wish we did more of? What do we wish you never did? They don't ask ask themselves that question because they're scared of the answer. What's the one thing about me you would change? What's one thing I could bring to you? that would help your life be better every day because we're afraid of what that answer is. So we just don't ask it. And we both just live silent lives. And dude, we end up on a couch two inches apart. Our butts are two inches apart, but we're sitting on our cell phones, man, just scrolling. And we're 2000 miles away from each other. Right. And so we're so terrified of the results and the results, man, they suck. They hurt. If somebody says, I don't like you, I don't want to be your friend. Like you're weird, bro. Like, Jose, like you're wearing V-necks, man. Like, don't, like, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, we can't handle that. So we hedge the entire thing. And what I want people to do is understand every relationship is a risk. Go in knowing it's a risk, knowing that she might say, you know what I don't like about being with you is your breath stinks. It always has for 20 years. It sucks and it's gross. And (laughs) it's like, man, that hurts. But now I can start brushing my teeth and it's going to get better tomorrow. Right. So it's knowing we got to risk it. I'm worth being fully known. All my weird stuff, all my creepy stuff, all my crazy stuff, I'm worth it. And there's people out there that are going to love me and vice versa. I'm going to love them even if they're weird and nutty and crazy, right? That's right. Wow. You got to risk, brother. You got to. Yeah. And and I just want to quote you the last, you know, this last quote here. You said you are worth, and for every listener out there, you are worth being well. You're worth a full night of sleep. Hmm. You are worth being loved and loving others. And you are most certainly not alone. I've trained with professional mixed martial artists. I've worked with SWAT teams and cops behind closed doors. I've, I've been with the tough dudes, man. I don't care who you are. And I've sat with people who are criminals. You're worth being well, man. You're worth going home and knowing I worked real hard today. I'm loved. I'm just going to collapse on the bed because I'm tired today. You're worth going to sleep. Can you imagine people, man, if they could just go to sleep, right? Yeah. They didn't have to have a ritual and take all these set of, I mean, supplements and pills and stuff. Just go, man, you just go to sleep. Can you imagine that? That's what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for, man. People deserve a full night's sleep. And there's some really simple, but shape-shifting ways of getting there, man. Mm, that's awesome. John, where can people find you? Um, you can go find me. You can follow me on the internet at John Deloney and you can go to the show at, uh, YouTube slash John Deloney. That's the podcast is where I like to hear it. I don't like watching my face, man. I'm not a good looking guy. Um, but you can get it anywhere. You can get podcasts at Dr. John Deloney show. And we take real calls, man, from real people who are trying to figure out, man, what in the world's going on in my life. And, um, it's an exciting adventure every day I get here and hear those calls and I'm like, whoa, here we go. Um, whatever's going on in people's lives, we, we get after it. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. And uh, thank you again. Hey, thank you for what you're, you're putting out some positivity in the world, my man. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you, John. 
All right. Listen, friends, it takes time and it takes work, but together we can become a leader worth following. You don't have to remain stuck. You don't have to put up a front, but you can take actionable, practical steps to get breakthroughs and not just accept your life, but lead your life towards excellence and towards impact. Because isn't that what we want? We want to have impact in this world and we want to impact the people in our lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please share this podcast with with another leader and I'll see you soon.